Well, I'm thankful I've got something to say tonight. Amen. Stand with you, would, and let's turn to the 92nd Psalm. Psalm 92. Psalm 92. You know, some of these psalms have a, have a little subtitle under them that kind of talks about what the psalm's about. Um, I'm wondering, in your Bible, does Psalm 92 have a little something underneath it that tells what the psalm is about? Song, is, is everybody say a song for the Sabbath day? Okay, so we're going to go with a psalm for the Sabbath day, and does anybody know what today is? It's the Sabbath day for, for Christians, for Jews yesterday was, but we're not Jews. So it's a psalm for the Sabbath day, so this is a psalm about today, about Sundays, all right? So let's read through it, it's only got 15 verses, so let's read through it. It is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord and to sing praises unto thy name, O Most High. To show forth thy loving kindness in thy morning and thy faithfulness every night. Oh, it's in there. How about that? Upon an instrument of ten strings and upon the psalter and upon the heart with a solemn sound. For thou, Lord, hast made me glad through thy work. I will triumph in the works of thy hands. Anybody been triumphing in the last 30 minutes? O oh Lord, how great are thy works and thy thoughts are very deep. A brutish man knoweth not, neither does the fool understand. When the wicked spring as the grass, and when all the workers of iniquity do flourish, it is that they shall be destroyed forever. But thou, Lord, are most high forevermore. For lo, thine enemies, O Lord, for lo, thine enemies shall perish. All the workers of iniquity shall be scattered. But my horn shalt thou exalt like the horn of a unicorn. I shall be anointed with fresh oil. Woo! <laughs> Fresh oil, mine eye shall they see. My eye also shall see my desire on my enemy, and my ears shall hear my desire of, of the wicked that rise up against me. The righteous shall flourish like the palm tree; he shall grow like a cedar tree in Lebanon. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of God. They shall still be bringing fruit when in their old age. That includes me now. They shall be fat. That includes me. And flourishing. <laughs> I told you, that skinny's, that skinny's just a sign of poverty. The Bible wants us to be fat. Amen. So I'm very scriptural. To show that the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in him. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Lord, for such a beautiful psalm. Hallelujah. Thank you, God, for your love and your mercy that you've shown us today, Father. Thank you, Lord, for your many blessings. And now we pray for the next few minutes, God, that you would encourage our hearts, O oh God. Lord, that you would excite our spirits, Lord, that you would cause the seed that's within us, Almighty God, that seed of Jesus Christ, Lord, that you would cause that seed, O oh God, to be alive with expectation, that you would cause it to jump, O oh God, hallelujah, at the hearing of the word of the Lord, God. Lord, that this wouldn't be just a sermon, Lord God, but Lord God, this would be an opportunity for your Holy Spirit, God, to drive your message home within our very hearts, minds, souls, oh God, that our spirit tonight would be encouraged, oh God, hallelujah, 
that your glory, O oh God, would fill us, Lord God, and we would leave from this place saying, praise God for the Sabbath day. Thank you, God, for the Sundays that you've given us, God. In Jesus' name you pray, we pray, amen. You may be seated. <coughs> every time Jerusalem had a problem, every time the Jews got in trouble, every time God came down and said, you're going to go into captivity, there was one thing he always said every single time. He says, you have profaned and forsaken my Sabbath days. He said in the Ten Commandments, remember the Sabbath, right? Remember the Sabbath to keep it holy, separated. This day to us is separated as a day unto God. Sunday is not just another day of the week. Sunday is not just another day of the week. But this is the day that God hath ordained. This has the day that God has set aside. This is a day that God set aside for our love, our, our, our remembrance, our worship, our praise to be dedicated unto him. Now, I, I know there's, there's times we go on vacation and, and we can be gone over a Sunday. And I'm not, I'm not saying you got you to gotta always be in church on Sunday. I'm not saying that. But I am saying that you ought to be in church every time you can. Isn't that what he says? He says, number one, he says, to show thy forth thy loving kindness in the morning and thy faithfulness every night. That means when the doors are open on a Sunday, if it's 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, 3 o'clock, 6 o'clock, whatever time the doors are open on the Sunday, we should strive to be in his house. Why? Because to show forth his loving kindness and his faithfulness, to be able to have an opportunity to come and worship and, and praise God together as a family, to lift up praise and worship unto him, to hear the preaching of the word, to see what God is going to do, to watch people get saved and healed and baptized in the Holy Spirit, to see God shake this world. He's going to do it through the church. I'm telling you, the church is what's going to change the world. Not a government, not a person, not a president, not a governor, not anything else, but the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. You want to shake your world? Shake your church. Hallelujah. Shake your church. Glory to God. Hallelujah. You say, well, I don't know. I don't, I, I, sometimes I don't feel like I'm in revival. Sometimes I don't feel like that God's doing this. Sometimes I just feel dry and thirsty. Come to church. Come to church. And don't sit there like a dried up old prune. Don't sit there and say, well, I made it, bless the Lord. Get up. Get up. Let the Lord give God an opportunity. My Lord, your field may be burnt over, but surely there's a little growth in there somewhere. And if there's not, just offer him a sacrifice of praise. It's his day. You wouldn't go to a birthday party and tell people you didn't bring a gift and you didn't want to, want to be there. Well, I know it's a birthday party, but I just, I don't, I don't know. I don't think, you, I don't really don't believe in birthday parties. I didn't bring a gift. I didn't really want to be there, but whoo-hoo, cut the cake, let's go. Well, ain't nobody wants you there. They want people that's blowing them little horns and wearing silly hats, right? Have y'all ever been to a birthday party? You're looking at me like you don't know what you're talking about. 
That's the people they want there, the people that are fun, the people that are excited, the people that want to be there, the ones that's brought a gift, the ones that, that's excited about birthdays, you know, that, that grabs the little, that grabs Briley on her birthday and jumps up and down with her and say, happy birthday, Briley, happy birthday, Briley. That's, that's the ones we all want. That's the ones we take video of. That's the ones we take pictures of. That's the ones that get on Facebook, not Sister Sourpuss. She don't get on there. Nobody wanted her to be there anyway. She's just putting a damper on the thing. We, we'd all be just as happy if she'd go get in the car and go home. Just don't, we don't need that here. We're here to have a good time. And I want to tell you, when I come to church, I come to have a good time. I come to rejoice in the Lord. I come to see the devil put on the run. I come to see signs and wonders and miracles. I come here with an expectation of taking Jesus by the hand and saying, boy, I'm glad I get to be here, Lord. Thank you for letting me be here. Thank you for letting me be a part of this Sabbath day. What a glorious thing to be in church on Sunday. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Not only in church, but being a part of the church. Glory to God, what a wonderful thing to know that I can come here, lift my hands, begin to worship God, and feel my burdens roll away. Oh, hallelujah. You ever come in here all burdened down with cares and maybe the world outside's falling apart and everything's going south and just can't seem to get anything going together, but you get in here and you get to lifting your hands and Mike gets to pounding on that old Martin up there and next thing you know, you got your foot tapping a little bit and then you're saying, you know what, I, I like this song. This is one of my favorite songs he's singing and you just begin to sing that song and next thing you know, the waves of glory roll and the power of God begins to move and stir in your innermost being and, the, and you start to hear from the Lord and then somebody comes over and says, let me tell you what the Lord's telling me to tell you and then the power of God gives out a tongue and interpretation and the interpretation speaks to your problem and you come in here all sad and depressed with your jaw getting carpet burned, rubbing on the floor. But whenever you leave out of here, you're joyful, full of the power of God, ready to take on the devil. What changed? What changed? What changed? I heard from Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. I found out the power of God works in the 21st century. I found out that it's joy, unspeakable and full of glory. Where did you find that out at? At the church. Praise God. Whew. Nothing worse than dry, dull religion. Nothing worse than the guys that come in there and spin a wheel to see if Jesus is going to move today. Rub the plastic Jesus Buddha belly. Say, oh God, are you going to move today? I'm telling you, if you come in here expecting him to move, he'll move. You come in here expecting him to shake your world, he'll shake your world. He'll give you whatever you expect him to be. And I'm telling you, it's the church. The church is the place where you find God's love and kindness. The church is the place where you find God's faithfulness. The church is the place where you find God's promises. The church is the place where, you, where, you're, where, you're, where you're groomed and where you learn and where you know. The church is the place where somebody's going to stand with you and lay their hands on you and their prayer is going to combine with your prayer. The church is the place where things are change. The church is the place where God moves in a great and mighty way. The church is the place where we come together on a Sabbath day to give glory to him. The church is the place that will change people's hearts and change people's minds and cause the sinner to come and repent. It's the church that's alive and well with Jesus Christ is what's going to make a difference in this world. Hallelujah. Tis a glorious church without spot or wrinkle, washed in the blood of the Lamb. Washed in the blood of the Lamb. I lost my page. There we go. 
Verse 4 says, For thou, Lord, hath made me glad through thy work, and I will triumph in the works of thy hands. He goes on to say, How great are thy works, and thy thoughts are very deep. Do you know God's thoughts? Have you felt his hand? Have you felt the power of the Lord touch your soul? Has your spirit jumped tonight? Has the glory of the Lord ministered to your heart? One, two, three, four, five, six, five and a half. That's half. Five and a half. That was just that much hand. Five and a half. The church. The church is the place where when you're down and out, you can always find God. The church. What, what, what's, there's, there's advantages to coming to church. There's advantages to knowing Jesus Christ. There's advantages to being able to be a part of a glorious congregation of the, of the saints. We're going to live together for that eternity. Surely we can get along down here. Amen. Amen. And we find that the church is the place where God gives you that love and that power and that devotion to where you can learn charity and where you can learn what God, Paul is saying when he talks about us forbearing one another. Because forbearing one another in the original language means putting up with. Oh, you missed a wonderful chance to say, I know what you're talking about there, brother. Putting up with, learning to love each other, learning to, to adore each other, learning that the differences are what makes us strong because we can have differences in love. And the place we find that out is the church. Going to church gives you advantages. In verse, verse 8, he's 9, he says, he says, For thy, lo, thine enemies, O Lord, for lo, thine enemies shall perish, and all the workers of iniquity shall be scattered. Did you see the Lord scatter anything tonight? Did you see the Lord remove anything tonight? Did you see the Lord do anything great in your midst tonight? Did you notice what God is doing through singing and worship and praise and prayer? Did you see the power of God move in your midst tonight? Hallelujah! That's the advantage of knowing God. Your situation's never hopeless when you come to church and realize that God is God. That God is God. That there's no darkness in him. There's no shadows in him. He's for me, not against me. Hallelujah. <laughs> he hears and answers my prayers. Oh, he knows my name. He knows my name. He knows where I'm at. The Bible says he knows when I'm standing up and he knows when I'm sitting down. My wife don't even care if I'm standing up or sitting down. But God does. He knows where I'm at. He knows everything about me. He keeps the numbers, up, the hairs, number of hairs on my head numbered and, and that number's going down, but he still keeps a, keeps a count of them. He knows, he knows everything about me. <laughs> He knows my likes. He knows my dislikes. He knows my personality. Whoa, there you go. I got too excited there. He knows my personality, and he knows who my enemies are, and he knows when the workers of iniquity, but he scatters them. He scatters them. You know what? A lot of times we find out if we brought our needs to the Lord on a Sunday, he would scatter those iniquities by himself by a Monday. 
I said if we bring our iniquities, workers of iniquities, our problems, our cares, our discussions, our things that bother us on a Sunday, if we bring them to the Lord on a Sunday, you'll find that he fights those battles. You'll find he rises up. You'll find he stands up and says it's enough. You'll find he shakes everything that can be shaken and he moves everything that can be moved. If you lay it at the feet of the master and lean upon his chest and hear what he's saying, you'll find out that God knows how to handle every situation and he'll fight your battles. (laughs) Woo, hallelujah. (laughs) He'll fight your battles. He'll kill, contain your struggles. He'll deal with every situation. The Bible says, touch not my anointed. Do my prophets no harm. I know the prophets are the guys that are called of the Lord. That's guys that are in, men and women that are, that are in, the, in the call of the ministry of the Lord. I know that. But the anointed is you. It's not just for preachers. He says, don't touch my anointed. You're anointed, are you not? Amen. That's a little better. You're anointed. And because you're anointed, whenever God, whenever the devil brings up an accusation against you, then God says, touch not my anointed. (laughs) (laughs) Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. I will repay. He doesn't leave you out there stranded, wandering around, trying to figure out what to do. He'll tell you if you ask him. He'll give you direction if you ask him. He's, he's, he's for you, not against you, and he is on your side. And if you come to church praising and, ex- and looking for God to perform a work in your life, you're not going to leave out of here disappointed, and he'll scatter your enemies, and he'll cause your, your, your iniquities, those who are trying to cause iniquity, he'll, he'll cause them to leave. He says, my horn shalt thou exalt like the horn of a unicorn and I shall be anointed with fresh oil. Where is he talking about? Where is this going to happen? At the church on the Sabbath day. Horn, most of the time, horn in the Bible stands for authority. It stands for the ability to have authority. That's most of the time when it says something about a horn, you know, with, with my horns, I will scatter your enemies. That's, that's authority. Most of the time, that's what it is. And he says here, my horn shall be exalted like the horn of a unicorn, and I shall be anointed with fresh oil. My authority, put authority in there. My authority shall be exalted. Singleness of mind. The ability to know that if I ask anything in thy name believing, it shall be done. How can you know it can be done? Because all, but Jesus said, all power and authority is given unto him. And he said that, that I could speak through his name with the same power and the same authority that he had. So whenever I come down here to pray for somebody and I say in the name of Jesus, I bind that power of darkness, I'm not just saying words. I'm speaking with the power and authority that Jesus would use if he was here because he is here, right here in me. Hallelujah. Do do, do you get that? When you plead the blood of Jesus, whenever you say in the name of Jesus, I plead the blood, Satan, the blood of Jesus is against you. That's not just idle words. You're moving things. 
There's things happen in the spirit world that you may not see with your natural eyes right now, but you'll feel it. You'll know there's something going on. That Satan is the prince of the power of the air. I know that. But whenever I begin to speak, the Bible says, if his words abide in me and my words abide in him, if, if me and him are talking about the same thing, then I can ask what I will and I'll crush that demon of the air and it shall be done. Why? Because God gives me the ability to speak with the same authority as Jesus Christ spoke with on the earth. My horn shall be exalted and I shall be anointed with fresh oil. When will that happen? When I come to the church and allow his kindness and his faithfulness and his power to begin to well up in my being. Hallelujah. Woo, my Lord, I love, I love coming to church. I love the church. I love the anticipation of what God's going to do every time we come together. I love it whenever the Lord takes over a service and there's no preaching. There's just power and anointing. I love hearing you speak with authority and knowing that your words are powerful, that you're being anointed with fresh oil from the power of God. The Bible says that that oil, that fresh oil, is like the oil that ran up on Aaron. It's not just... Mm, that fresh oil, it's not, just, it's not just in your spirit. That oil, when they poured that fresh oil on Aaron, the priest, they didn't pour it on his feet. They didn't pour it on his knees. They didn't pour it on his arms. They started at the top of his head. And the Bible says it's like the precious oil that flowed upon Aaron that started at the top of his head and it dripped off of his beard. Not only did it drip off his beard, but it went down his garments, even to the hem of his garments, it says. Ooh, my Lord, you get fresh oil like that, you won't be able to just sit there and look at me like a tree full of young owls. Oh, there'll be something going on inside of you. There'll be something happening, something stirring, something beginning to build up faith, something to begin to build up hope, something to begin to say, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Something that begins to say, I'm more than a conqueror through him that loved me. Something that begins to say, I have learned in whatsoever state I am to be content. My God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches in glory. You'll begin to say, my God can do exceeding abundantly above what I can ask or think. Why? Because that fresh oil is flowing through me and I've got the power and the authority of a unicorn, the oneness of mind, the singleness of mind, the power and the authority to begin to cast out demons, to begin to change situations, to begin to move things in the heavenlies. Why? Because I came to church and his faithfulness and his fullness gave me joy unspeakable and I know that I know that I know. You ever had your knower turned over? I mean, you just said something and you didn't really mean to say it. It just kind of barreled out of there. But your knower on the inside of you knew that was God. And your knower on here a little while back, we were on a Wednesday night. Something, I don't remember what was going on now. But all of a sudden, I looked at Miss Ruth and I said, I just knew. I said, God's going to heal her. God's going to give her some, some, some grace. And I just said, God's in the house tonight and, and he's going to heal somebody. If you feel like you, if that's you, you feel like God's going to heal you, then, then you just step out in that aisle and you come down here. And she grabbed Foster's hand and she headed down here. And we prayed with her and the Lord, there wasn't no great lightning bolt. There wasn't no feeling of electricity. There wasn't anything special other than it's just the word of God. 
and the power of the Holy Spirit. And my knower knew, and her knower knew, and whenever we began to pray for her, she came last Sunday morning and said, you know you prayed for me last Wednesday night. I said, yes, ma'am, I did. She said, God healed me. She said, my blood pressure began to come under control. The next day, my blood pressure began to come under control. It was erratic before. They couldn't get it to settle down. But that next morning, my blood pressure began to come under control. Now, if she hadn't have been at church, if she hadn't have been at church, that time of miracle would have passed her right on by. That time of miracle would have come and gone. And some of, one, of, one of you might have got her blessing. One of you might have got it. But I'm telling you, when the power of God is working in the church, when the power of God is in the house, when the Spirit of the Lord is moving in signs and wonders and miracles, then we're speaking with power, we're speaking with authority, and we're experiencing the fresh oil <laughs> of the Holy Ghost as it flows from the top of my head down to the hem of my pants. Glory to God. My Lord, we, we, if, if we come here and don't experience God, then we, 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 haven't, we haven't put enough. It's not God's fault. He was here before we got here. He was tapping his foot, waiting on us, wondering when we were going to get started. He was saying, come on, Briggs, the countdown timer's to zero. Let's go. You're already starting five minutes late. You already waited, made me wait five minutes. Get it going. I'm ready to move. I'm ready to anoint. I'm ready to save. I'm ready to heal. I'm ready to encourage. I'm ready to give authority. I'm ready to pour out fresh oil. Come on, get this service going. <laughs> you may think I'm crazy, but that's how I really think it goes. I really think every time we come together, Paul said, how is it when you come together? Everyone's got a song. Everybody's got a hymn. Everybody's got a doctrine. Everybody's got a tongue. Everybody's got an interpretation. He said, that's all good stuff. Just do it in order. He didn't say stop it. Why? Because they came to church excited. They came to church with the power of God moving. They came to church with authority. They came to church filled with fresh oil. And as the Holy Spirit began to move and begin to shake and begin to rattle and begin to roll, then those things began to swell up in their being and everybody had something they wanted to do for God. And Paul didn't say shut them down. He said do it in order. Y'all got the same Bible I got? Okay. He says, mine eyes shall see my desire on my enemies and my, hear, my ears shall hear my desire upon the wicked that rise up against me. The righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. What is the palm tree? Why is that important? Why, why didn't he say mulberry? It has berries. Why didn't he say fig? That's better to eat off of. That palm, you can't eat nothing off a of palm tree, right? Maybe coconuts. Why did he say palm tree? What is the palm tree? What is the palm tree a symbol of? Victory, right? Resilience. The more palm trees, they got a root goes way down in the ground. And that wind blows and it lays that palm tree over. But as soon as that wind stops, what does that palm tree do? Still here. Still here. Victory. When Jesus came into the city, what did they wave in front of him? Palm branches. It's a symbol of victory. It's a symbol of power. It's a symbol of resilience. It's a symbol of you can't take me out because you blow as hard as you want to blow. You give the very best you got. You, 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 you let me have it as, as bad as you can make it. And as soon as you quit, guess where I'm coming? Right back. You can't take me out. 
And he, what did he say? Let me read it again. The righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. What does that mean to you? It means that whenever I'm in church, no weapon formed against me is going to prosper. No storm is going to overtake me. No power of the enemy is going to overcome me. Why? Because my power and my authority is being renewed in this house. And whenever I walk out of this house, I'm just like the palm tree. I'm back standing erect. I'm back to, in victory. I know my place and my standing in Jesus Christ. I know who I am. I know in whom I have believed. And I'm persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him. I leave out of this place in victory. I leave out of this place in triumph. I don't leave out of this place defeated. I don't leave out of this place wondering if it's going to happen. I leave out of this this place in power and authority and victory and glory. He also says you shall be grown like the cedar in Lebanon, strong and tall, proud, mighty, desirable. Oh, what two great trees. He couldn't have picked two better trees because whenever we come from the presence of the Lord, we should be both of those things, strong, powerful, ready to take on anything, putting forth a sweet-smelling fragrance, victorious through the blood of the Lamb by the power of our testimony and love not our life unto death. Those are things we should get when we come to church because when we come to church and we begin to sing praises to thy name to show forth your loving kindness and your faithfulness every night, then the power of God begins to stir things within us and we will walk out of here saying, it's been good. <laughs> it's been good. <laughs> to be in the house of God tonight. It's been good to experience the presence of God. It's been good to see the Lord moving by his power. It's been good that he gave me authority so that I could tell the devil to flee and he doesn't just sit there and laugh at me. It's been good, hallelujah, that he's anointed me with fresh oil that I leave out of here ready to, ready to see the morrow and ready to work for the Lord. Why? Where did that happen to you? In church on Sunday morning and Sunday night. Let me finish up here. They that be planted in the house of the Lord, they that come forth to give praises to the Lord when they come to church, they who go forth with thy loving kindness, they who demonstrate thy faithfulness, these people shall be planted in the house of the Lord and shall flourish in the courts of our God and they shall still be bringing fruit in old age. My God, we don't retire, but we refire when we come to church. Oh, Jacob. Jacob had 12 boys. Most of them weren't worth shooting. He had Reuben. Reuben had an affair with one of Jacob's wives. He had Levi, Simeon. They got together and tricked the people at Gilgal and then killed all the males and robbed all the females and stole all their stuff. He had Judah. Judah went into a prostitute and it happened to be his daughter-in-law and he didn't recognize her because she had a scarf on her face. He went in there and fathered a child, fathered twins. Then he wanted to burn her at the stake because he called her a harlot. But then whenever she showed him it's his staff and his signet, he says, whoops, sorry about that. 
got Simi and Ruth. Dan's, Dan's worshiping idols from the, from, the, from the days of Judges all the way till God takes them off. Dan's an idol worshiper. You got Manasseh in there and Ephraim. Those, those two boys, they, they can't, they're idol worshipers. They can't follow after God for nothing. You got, you got Benjamin, and he's so rotten that he, he has a city in Gibeah that's full of sodomites. And not only does he not clean them out, he goes over there and protects them and almost loses the whole tribe. He's only got one son that's worth anything, and that's old Joseph. But Jacob continued to follow the Lord. Jacob wrestled with an angel, and he learned that God could be trusted. He learned that God could be worshipped. He learned that idols were nothing but idols, that God required more than just coming to church and paying your tithe because that's what he was doing, worshiping in Bethel and giving his tithe. That's all he was doing. But he found out that God's more than, than, than worship and tithe. He found out God's personal, and he found out that God can touch the hall of, <laughs> can touch the hall of your thigh and cause you to walk with a limp that everybody knows you've been in the presence of God. Ooh, hallelujah, that'll preach. But Jacob stayed true to God, and Jacob watched as his son, he didn't know, he thought his boy Joseph was dead. But after 17 years, he found out Joseph was alive and second in command down there in Egypt. And he took his family down there to Egypt, and through a process, God saved every one of those boys. He saved every one of them, put them all right, put them all in right standing, and at the end of Joseph's life, He's leaning on his staff, prophesying over those boys, giving God praise. Why did, that, why did that happen? Because whenever he was an old man, he still had fruit. He was still producing fruit. <laughs> leaning on his staff the day he's dying, prophesying over his boys. He didn't quit. He didn't say, well, we, we got it taken care of now. I think I'll just get on my porch and build me a nice deer stand and I'll just hunt and fish and, and, and do the things that old men are supposed to do. No, sir, he kept following God. He kept leaning on that staff. He kept praying for them boys. He kept praying for them. Those, he, he, when Joseph brought his boys in there, he brought him in to where he was supposed to put his right hand on the older and his left hand on the younger. And he brought them up there. Those boys, they're not little boys, by the way. They're probably about 15 or probably 20 years old. They're not little. I know he says he hid between his, behind his knees, but you figure out the years there. Them, those boys are old. They're not, they're not kids. They're, they're teenagers or young men. And he got them up there and, and he, got, he, got old, he got old Manasseh on the right and he got Ephraim on the left and, 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 and Jacob's supposed to put his hands on them and bless them. And old Jacob put his hands out there and right before he got there, he switched them. And Joseph grabbed his hand and said, oh, no, Father, this is the oldest and this is the youngest. And he says, I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing. Manasseh is going to be, yes, Manasseh will be used of God, but Ephraim's the one that's going to be exalted. Ephraim's the one that's going to And God began to call the tribe of Israel Ephraim. Jacob didn't quit just because he got old. Jacob didn't stop seeking God just because he couldn't see. Jacob didn't stop 
seeking after God just because he was down in Egypt. No, sir. He's still leaning on that staff. He's still calling those things that are not as though they were. He's still prophesying. He's still mentoring. He's still running the race. He's not going to quit. And I'm telling you, just because you get the card that says you're on the Medicare don't mean you have to quit. It doesn't mean you have to retire. It only gives you an opportunity to refire and say, God, you're not done with me yet. Hallelujah. I still got mountains to climb, battles to fight. My God, hallelujah, I got to quit. I'm going to wear you plumb out. One more thing. To show that the Lord is upright, he is my rock, and there is no unrighteousness in him. What do we do when we come to church? What do we do whenever we begin to praise the Lord and sing praises to his name? When we begin to show forth his loving kindness, when we begin to speak of his faithfulness, when we begin to worship God, when we begin to allow the Holy Spirit to speak through us, whenever we don't let church become boring and dull and, and mundane, whenever we keep the fire burning in our souls and we come to church, what kind of things can we expect? We can expect authority. We can expect power. We can expect answers to prayer. We can expect victories when we leave out of this place. We can expect to put off a sweet-smelling savor as unto the Lord. We can expect to be strong. We can expect to be proud that we're Christians. We can expect for the Spirit of the Lord to shake everything that can be shaken and move everything that can be moved. And we can expect that that God can use us even whenever we're old and our bodies may not work like we want it to, we can still be used of God leaning on our staff and praising him. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. There's an advantage to coming to church. There's power in coming to church. There's anointing in coming to church. There's victory in coming to church. There's a place of, of power. There's a place of, of knowledge. There's a place of, of where you gain strength. There's a place where you gain anointing. There's a place, hallelujah, where everything changes, and that place is in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. Stand with me tonight, if you would, before I get going again. I didn't get to preach this morning, so I get an hour tonight. I only used 40 minutes of it, actually 35 Hallelujah. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. Just to take him at his word. Just to stand upon his promise. Just to know, thus saith the Lord. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust you. How I've proved you o'er and o'er. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus. Oh, for grace to trust him more. Whenever you come to this house... You should come in expectation that God is about to rock your world. You should come in an expectation that the very thing that God has prophesied over you could be the day that it happens is today. It, this could be the moment when your miracle occurs. We should come to church in expectation of power, expectation of, of victory, expectation of the glory of the, expectation, expectation of the greatness of the power of God invading our world. My God. Amen. Amen. Of the holiest of holies. Take me past the outer court to the holy place, past the brazen altar till we're standing face to face. Pass me by the crowds of people who sing and praise your name.
I hunger and thirst for your righteousness. And it's only found one place. Take me into the holiest of holies. Take me in by the blood of the Lamb. Take me in the holy of holies. I knew I'd forget a line. Take the coal. Cleanse my lips. Here I am. Here I am. I want you to, I want you to hear what the Word's saying tonight. He's telling you that this is a place of expectation of power. And he's telling us that when we come to this house, leave all your concerns, all your troubles, and all your trials, leave it at the house. Let daddy put the shoes on the babies for a change. <laughs> and get in this house with the expectation of the power of God. Amen. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord God, for the things you've done in our midst tonight, God. Thank you, Lord God, for the expectation, Lord God, of victory as a palm tree. For the expectation of putting forth a sweet-smelling savor like a cedar tree. Thank you, Lord God, for the expectation, Lord, that you will move upon us, Almighty God, and give us the horn of authority, Lord God. Singleness of mind, God. Singleness of purpose like a unicorn. Thank you, Lord God, that we could come into this house, oh God, and expect to leave out of here anointed with fresh oil from the top of our heads to the soles of our feet. Thank you, Lord God, that there's no place, Lord God. There's no age requirement, God. There's no place of beginning and there's no place of ending, Lord God. But, Lord God, we could be bringing forth fruit in old age. <laughs> we could continue to be prophesying over our kids and over our grandkids through the third and fourth generation, God. We can continue, Almighty God, to pray in this house, O oh God, and see your miracles occur in our lives, O oh God. Lord, we can enter this house with the expectation of the glory and the power and the richness of the glory of the Most High God. Father God, that your Shekinah glory would rest upon us, O oh God. And Father God, that we would speak unto you, Lord God, in songs and hymns and spiritual songs. Thank you for church, God. Thank you for the church, God. And I pray, Almighty God, that you would help us set our expectations of what we think will happen when we walk in these doors. That you would help us to set our expectations of the love and the power and the anointing that is available to us, O oh God, if we will enter into your courts with thanksgiving and into your gates with praise, Lord God, and see your faithfulness and your fruitfulness and your truth and your loving kindness. Lord God, let your kingdom come and your will be done every time we come to church. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name and for your glory. Amen. Amen. Have a great week. God bless you. Remember, next Sunday we'll start a revival. Keep that in mind. Next Sunday starts revival. God bless you. Have a great week.